Blog Talk Radio. Coming at you live, it is Buzzworthy Radio, where you can get the latest buzz on all your favorite shows and stars. Buzzworthy starts now. Hey everybody, this is John Driscoll from Young and the Restless, the new Philip Chancellor IV. You are listening to Buzzworthy Radio right now with Novell. Stay tuned for what's coming up, what's happening, what's going on, and what will be coming up, what drama to be expected on your favorite soaps. Listen in. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of Buzzworthy Radio here on blogtalkradio.com. I'm your host, Novell J. Lee. It's Friday. That's right. It's Friday, March 26, 2010, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific Time, right here on your Internet. We are going to be joined by William Ragsdale, who plays the role of Gary Hawkins on FX new series, Justified. Also, in this hour, we're also going to be playing our Michael O'Leary interview that we did a few weeks ago, I think towards the beginning of the month, actually, he was on The Guiding Light as Dr. Rick Bauer before it went up the air, but he can now be seen on the new web series, Steamboat. So I had the chance to talk to him while he was on his way to the So Long Springfield event in Connecticut. So it's going to be a very interesting conversation because you're going to hear a lot of people in the background having a nice little party. So you can kind of say I was partying along with them, maybe. I don't know. You, you'll get the idea once you once you hear the interview when we did it. So it, it's gonna, it's a wild ride. Let's put it that way. It's a wild ride. We have a lot of tidbits for you about some upcoming shows within the next couple of weeks. Can't wait to tell you guys about that. But let's get right on to it. William Ragsdale from SX's new series, Justified. All right. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Loud and clear. Loud and clear, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Hey, everybody. Sorry for the delay and laughs there, but I hope you've grinned and bared with me. I'm here right now with the multitasking William Ragdale, who just got in his house from fighting traffic in L.A. That's right. How are, how I, are you? I even had time to change a diaper in between uh, coming in the, from the garage and uh, and answering the phone. So Did you really? <laughs> yes, I did. I did. I was, I was changing a diaper even as the phone was ringing. So uh, there you have it. There you, have there you it. are. You're like a, a real-life I'm living the dream. Living the dream. That's right. There you go. So how are you? Thanks for for stopping by here. It's great to actually get a chance to talk to you. Yeah, my pleasure. My pleasure. Absolutely. It's a delight to be here. Thank you. Absolutely. So let's let's get right into it. Let's let's talk about this series, Justify, that's on FX. I'm hearing a great amount of buzz about it. I was watching it last night with a colleague of mine, actually. Let's, Let's give a rundown for everybody who has not seen this show yet, who hasn't taken a look at this yet. Who do you play on this show, and what is the show about? Um, well, uh, the show is about a guy named Raylan Givens, uh, who, Givens, who is a U.S. Marshal, and uh, he's uh, sort of a uh, bit of a loner, effective, but uh, you know, sort of does things his own way, and that uh, you know, understandably gets him in trouble every now and then. Oh, of course. And and he uh, he he tends to you know shoot people sometimes. So um, uh, this, the, the show be, sort of begins, uh, uh, the pilot begins where he has uh, sort of been given uh, a leave of absence because of, while an investigation is ongoing about uh, uh, him, a shooting that he was involved with. And uh, as part of the 
sort of discipline or sort of you know professional timeout they give him. They send him back to his uh, his home turf of Kentucky to uh, to sort of work there, uh, which he doesn't like at all. But um, uh, anyway, so he gets involved uh, in the in the uh, marshal uh, uh, service there, and uh, in a very short order, he's uh, he's looking for bad guys there too. And uh, and I play. Um, uh, the current husband of his ex-wife. So, oh. So there's a little bit of uh, tension. Yeah, a little bit of a tension there. So, but uh, because I'm, I'm, I have the exciting life of a uh, real estate uh, agent, basically, and a developer, and he's. Uh, so I'm a little threatened by his machismo, I think, and uh, and I think he's in some way threatened by my stability. So, <laughs> so that's sort of where it is right now. He's. You know, threatened by his ex-wife's uh, uh, appreciation of my stability. I guess it should. Okay. Yeah. So. I yeah. like that. That's the uh, that's the the basic setup, and uh, and it's uh, you know things happen. Things happen as they do on TV. Yeah. Yeah. That's how that's how it rolls on television. Right. Right. So how did you uh, this role? Obviously, by how how you're describing it. Um, I have to ask, because I, I always love asking this, do you see yourself in Gary Hawkins, or do you see Gary Hawkins in you, like vice versa, at all? Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I, I, I see um, the part of me that strives for, uh, you know, sort of stability and uh, and success and, uh, you know, Fulfilling your dreams and all of that stuff, which uh, you know, it was different from different people. It's different for a real estate agent than it is for an actor. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, and and as it happens in the course of you know of this particular show, uh, you know, m- more bad things happen to him than than do to me. But I, I think overall, as a basic sort of character, uh, you know, equation that. Uh, that that would probably be it. You know, I, I'm a normal guy. I just, you know, I want good things to happen, and I like to have a nice family life and, you know, and good friends and, and all that stuff. What's the best for everybody, basically? That's yeah. it. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's all good. It's all good until, you know, until U.S. Marshals start showing up and killing people. And start shooting people. Yeah, and <laughs> that neo-Nazis show up and, uh, you know. And they do their thing, and then and then it's all messed up after that, you know. Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Before I get into my next question, I actually just got an email just now um, coming in. I uh, I wanted to uh, go ahead and go ahead and pay my respects. Robert Colt passed away today. Yeah. Um, if anybody remembers him from I Spy, that's who he was, acting opposite of Bill Cosby. Um, he died at the age of seventy-nine. So I wanted to send my condolences out there as, as well. So. Yeah, yeah, a, quite a loss. He's a great guy, a great actor. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he definitely was. That, that's a shame getting that in the middle of this, you know? <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> like, doing, you, like doing this, you're like so upbeat, and then you get something like this, and it just like brings it down. It's like, oh, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah thanks. <laughs> that's that's great. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that happens. We we lose them all the time, you know? Oh, and yeah. I always think that, you know, it's so uh, typical that, you know that people say all these wonderful things about actors and stuff when they die. You know, when they before, die, you don't before they die, here. before they die, you know, it's like they, uh, you know, it's, it's still very hard for them. Even you know, even these veterans and stuff. So yeah, so absolutely. Oh, okay, 
Feeling okay. Yeah, pull it Put together. the smile back on the face. <laughs> pull it together. Pull it together. Pull it together. That's it. That's it. There's a little trivia that I found out about you, actually. Uh, you had tried out for Gloria and Biloxi Blues, and you lost them to Matthew Broderick. Is that right? Uh, well, yeah, I did the play. I did the uh, I did the play in New York and on Broadway and the tour and stuff like that. And then they got to the point of making the movie. And I, you know, I don't know that I actually lost it out to him. I think that he was, I'm sure, first in their foremost in their minds the whole time. But because uh, he had done it before me on Broadway, and he was kind of the signature character for uh, signature signature person for that character uh, in the trilogy. But uh, but yeah, at that point in our careers, we were both sort of vying for a lot of. I mean, I tested for uh, Ferris Bueller and. Uh, and uh, I think I was up for a thing called Project X that he ended up doing. And so it was, you know, sort of neck and neck, I guess, briefly yeah. <laughs> in those days uh, at that point. But, yeah, he did. Uh, he ended up shooting uh, that, I guess, instead of me. So, But I, end, but I ended up doing the national tour. So You ended up working with him anyway, didn't you? Yeah, in... I worked with him yeah, <laughs> years and years later. Uh, later on, down the road. Yeah, on Wonderful World. So. But uh, we patched it up, you know. I don't think it's any hard feelings. No, he was very nice, and we we know a lot of the same people, and so it was nice to kind of finally connect in that way. Absolutely, absolutely. So, how did you how did you get into the acting realm? Was this something that you always wanted to do with your with your time, or was it something that you? They, the little town. I grew up in the south in a little town, and it happened to be one of the um, you know point. Zero three percent of little southern towns that had a community theater, and uh, and it was very active and very well uh, patronized and all that stuff. And uh, they put on plays all the time, so I started doing it there. You know, when I was ten years old, and you know, and uh, just kind of connected with it, and and uh, kept doing it for you know the duration. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I just I was very fortunate to have that uh, that arts facility in my town and um, you know and of course I grew up watching movies and TV and all that stuff so it's I could I could imagine myself doing being anyone other than myself so that's uh, that came in handy I guess <laughs> now I actually I actually did not know that I well I didn't even see this but I actually had like a friend of mine when they heard that um, I was getting the chance to talk to you uh, they actually said Fright Night to me <laughs> After I said your name, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Okay, you are like the second person to say Fright Night to me." What? What was? What was Fright Night? Seriously, I must not have seen this growing up. What, what was? You didn't this? see Fright Night? No. Oh, why are we even having this conversation? I didn't. I I, I was like, okay, I had never heard of this. I I must be so oblivious. Well, I you must never... you must not watch TV at Halloween time because it's on. Uh, I must not. Every third <laughs> channel. Yeah. No, it's. Uh, it's a you know it's a it's a little vampire movie um, that I did twenty something years ago and uh, I was just fresh out of school and uh, playing the boy next door and and it was a you know it was a little movie that became a little bigger and a little bigger and now it's sort of a, a cult classic I guess everybody seems to know Fright Night so I still get except people, me I'm not everyone because well I am. you know I I can't answer that I don't I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> <laughs> maybe uh I don't know. Maybe they changed the title for uh, something else. I don't know. But 
I think I, I think that's going to be my new homework assignment. Is that I'm going to now have to go out and find Fright Night somewhere at a blockbuster on Netflix and, and just watch this movie because I seriously was like dumbfounded when they said this to me. I was like, Fright Night, Charlie Brewster. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? Wow, wow. <laughs> well, that's uh, yeah, that's definitely that's easy homework to do. It's a good movie. It's a it's a lot of fun actually. It's a, got a real kind of dark but comedic vibe to it it's uh it, it, and and we saw it the whole cast got together about a year ago and saw a new print they had done of it and it really it really holds up just story-wise and all that stuff so so it should be fun okay fun to redo i, I think yeah, they're actually and dreamworks is actually now remaking it so could uh, oh you could wait for that new version but i won't be in it i don't uh, you won't be in it and <laughs> who's to say that the remakes are going to be as interesting as the original no, I don't think so. I don't think there's, there's this. Uh, yeah, there's no way. No way. There's that. no way that they're better than the originals. I, I say that about a lot of movies now, because that just seems that like Hollywood. That's all they do is right now remaking movies. I mean, they remake. They're remaking Gilligan's Island. They're they're going to be remaking that. Yeah, yeah. It, I don't think I don't think it's going to I don't think it's going to work out. But it hey, yeah. power to you. I, I I wish they would remake movies that weren't very good to begin with, you know, and leave the ones that that were good to to you know. Because that would ruin the image, wouldn't it? To you, don't you think? Like if they remake something that was good in the past and they're going to remake it um, now, that would just ruin the image for you for when you first saw it. Because yeah, then you'll probably be like, I thought this was good, and now I'm watching this, and I'm like, was it really that mediocre kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, but that's I guess that's. That's what they do, you know. That's their job. It's sort of an instant uh, appeal, I guess. If you do uh, if something that has a famous title, too, you know, you, you're guaranteed to get people at least curious in what you've you've done. So, hmm. Hmm. I had no idea they were going to remake that. Interview. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, now that I know, I'm like, Ugh, I better watch the original and see what I think of it first, and then I'll probably critique the new one. There you so go. It's, there you go. it's not going to be like the original. There's no way. That, that's yeah. pretty much what I have to do. That's what oh. Now I'm going to write that down. I'm writing that down on my notes now, by the way, folks. I'm writing it down. Get Fright Night 1 and 2. Yes. In that order. <laughs> In that order. Absolutely. <laughs> now you played, uh, you, you've done a lot of, you've done a lot of TV shows, and, and uh, one of the things I do remember watching you in was uh, on Ellen back in the uh, back in the early nineties. I mm-hmm. do remember watching that. And mm-hmm. yeah. that was one of my that was one of my favorite shows back in the nineties. I was and the last you, boyfriend. I was You, you were the last one before I was she, the last one, that's right. I I I whatever. I I What a phenomenon that was. <laughs> What's that? What a phenomenon that was though. Yeah, yeah. It seems like a lifetime ago now, you know, and now it's so uh because it was such a raised, sucked, you know, such a ruckus when she when she finally came out that uh, you know you would think that oh god the whole the whole network system is going to collapse now <laughs> whatever so yeah, right? so inconsequential now yeah so but I had a uh, yeah I played I played I did like four or five episodes and and uh, after she came out uh, they came back for the next season and uh, so they brought me back as kind of a you know, as a bit of a gadfly, I guess, to see, you know, to to put me back in her life after after she had come out, and uh-huh. and we ended up having another kiss after that, and there was, I guess, there was a, a you know, a fairly substantial following of uh, supporters 
uh, lesbian supporters in the audience who had this collective groan when we kissed. They go, oh, no. And you can yeah. just hear them while we're shooting the show. And I was like, oh, okay. This is going to, going to uh, I hope this goes well. <laughs> but she she ended up uh, not not coming back, so I think everybody yeah. was happy. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Oh man, I love it. I miss the nineties. But uh, <laughs> I do, I do. I miss the nineties. I miss not having responsibilities. But uh, <laughs> it's true. But let let's 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 put this out there. Um, I don't know how much you can say, but what can we expect more in Justified with uh, your character as well as? Mr. Oliphant. Um, I, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I get uh, my character. I know gets into uh, <clears throat> some sort of deep water uh, uh, about four or five shows in. Um, uh, re- get sort of into a bad situation with some uh, some money people, and uh, there's bloodshed and uh, broken hearts and uh, and violence and all that stuff. So that's fun. Um, but uh, I'm not really sure what they're going to do for next year. I, 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 I would, I'm, I'm interested to see myself. I think that uh, that the an, not animosity, but the sort of tension between uh, uh, Timothy's character and mine is going to continue. And uh, and I I think that it's I think my character begins to get threatened that uh, I'm going to lose my. You're going to lose your wife. Yeah, I think that that's maybe part of it, and I'm not sure where that leads my character, but. But uh, hopefully it'll, you know. I think that creates a strong dynamic, though, between uh, the two characters, though, if you have to face that kind of animosity. It gives you a lot of stuff to play off of. Yeah, it really does. It gives you a lot of directions to go. So I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to that. And, you know, hopefully hopefully she won't leave me. <laughs> yeah, hopefully she won't leave <laughs> I like that, how you whimpered. Hopefully she won't leave me. Hopefully she um, won't leave me and he <laughs> won't shoot me. <laughs> Would you? I, I thought this was kind of clever. Someone said um, you can describe this show as a cross between Sons of Anarchy and Dexter. Yeah, I guess so. It's got a real. Uh, it's got sort of a humorous, uh, in in parts, a uh, humorous, uh, you know, uh, tint to it, I suppose. And uh, and it's uh, they try to show a world that doesn't get a lot of uh, light shown on it, I think, on TV. You know, it's uh, eastern Kentucky, and it's, uh, um, you know, there are some kind of country people that are, uh, you know, living in a very different life than what you see usually on mm-hmm. television. And uh, and uh, the first episodes, I know, are, you know, revolves around some, some uh, kind of neo-Nazi stuff. And, uh, you know, it's it, it's interesting. It's <clears throat> it doesn't get a lot of light shown it, uh, uh, on it, I think, uh, normally. So, and the uh, topography is very nice too. At least in the pilot, you know, it's really good. Yeah. Uh, that they actually use the eastern, uh, eastern mountains there. So, but yeah, we'll we'll see. Hopefully, it'll <clears throat> it'll continue to to grow and expand. And it's great. It's kind of interesting because they use on the show. We've used a lot of uh, southern actors and. Uh, Oh, okay. And, and and having them congregate all together is kind of fun. It's like a little bit of a, you know, sort of a, a southern oasis or something out here in the middle of California. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that where, is that where it's filmed at? It's filmed in Los Angeles or is it filmed in, like, northern um, mountain? No, no here in Southern California. Here in Southern, southern California. California, okay. Yeah. Just wanted to make sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. 
Very, very good then. Let's let's give let's give the show let's give the show a plug. Tell everybody where they can see you, where they can see the show, what time, what station, all that stuff. The floor is yours. Let them know. Yeah, they're uh, we're gonna we're on FX and we're on uh, Tuesday nights and uh, depending on where you are, it's uh, nine or ten, I believe. But they they show it a couple of times, so it's uh, yeah, and, and it's FX, so they show it throughout the week as well. There's other chances to take to uh, to see right. it. Right. So. But yeah, it's a it's a great time slot, and the ratings have been really strong so far. And I think it's just going to grow. I think the people are just going to get into it. I hope it's I hope it stays with us for the not just for the first season. I hope it comes back for another one. Well, thank uh, you. Thanks. Absolutely, sir, Mr. William Ragdale. Thank you so much, Gary Hogan on Justified on FX Tuesday nights. Check your local listings. If you missed it the first time, it's on right after the first airing. So. You'll have, like, two chances to see it in one night, like two back-to-back showing. Uh, thank you so much. Again, pleasure. As All always. mine. All mine. Thanks so much. Thanks so much. You take care now, okay? You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Awesome, awesome guy, William Ragsdale, everybody. Check out the show, Justified, on FX. I can't believe that I was I was about to play my audio for the Michael O'Leary podcast that we did, and it actually crashed my computer. I was like, are you kidding me? Seriously? It crashed? So we're trying to get that back up and running again so I can go ahead and get this playing for you guys tonight. And before I get into that, I did want to give you some programming updates. Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, we are going to be graced with the presence of Victoria Rao yet again. She'll be coming back for a second visit on Monday, so we're going to have a pleasure in talking to her. I loved talking with her the last time, and it's going to be a pleasure to talk with her again uh, for the second time. And I believe she's going to be coming back for a third time once the book drops in May. So we will be talking to her then as well. So Monday, this coming Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, that's when we're going to be chatting with Victoria Rao. Wednesday, Wednesday, May, March 31st. Not May. I'm saying May already. I'm getting ahead of myself. I really wanted to be May. Mm, never say never. But March 31st at 8 p.m. Eastern, James Scott, Dean's Real Lives, plays the role of E.J. DeMera on the show. We're going to have the chance to speak with him. Make sure you guys tune in for that as well. I'm looking forward to that as much as the next guy. That is amazing. I, I, I'm, I'm, I think I may be like the only one who feels like he is intimidating to me. I really do. I think he's intimidating in a good way. And but I don't know. I, I, I really, I don't, I don't know if I should say that he is as intimidating as Eric Braden. Can I say that, though? Well, he could be. He could be intimidating as Eric Braden. He could be intimidating as him. Or uh, he could go down that ballpark. But uh, I'm looking forward to this interview. It's something I've definitely been wanting to do for three years now. Three years. Three years. I'm still working on getting this uploaded. It's or everything. I don't know why it's not. Uh, it's not coming up. It's very weird. 
that this isn't working. So it, it's maybe it's just it's maybe it's just on a delay, but um, we're we're still working on getting this uploaded. But sorry about the technical difficulties on that side, but we are getting this uploaded for you because we are going to play this for you tonight. And also, when we do air that James Scott interview, we're going to re-air an interview that we did last month in February that I don't know if many people still know that we did. But we did an interview with Maurice Bernard, who plays Sonny Carrentas on General Hospital. Now, we're going to re-air that interview as well. We got the idea to re-air this because it was said to me, which I think maybe this is possibly true, that we probably... A lot of people who listened to the show did not know that he was on our program, which I, I kind of agree with. So I think I'm going to look through at least some of those that I think not a lot of people may have realized that we had a chance to talk to, and we're going to re-air those again, this being one of them. I know that it was promoted after he aired, but I think we need to definitely get this out there again as well, especially with the storyline that's going on right now on the show. I know a lot of people are, are talking about this as far as uh, with the, the character Christina is concerned, where she was brutally attacked and everything. And I think, it, you know, in, as well, besides that storyline, as well as the storyline of where he did shoot his son, where he shot Dante, which by far I thought was some good scene that he did portray, I think it, it definitely is something that we should play again, even if a lot of people did hear this during that time when we first did this interview. Just to bring it out there, just to bring it, have the pressure in everybody's mind. I think that's really how it should work. So, yeah, we're definitely going to re-air that again. There's a couple of interviews I'm going to be re-airing as well. I want to re-air the Scott Evans and Brett Claywell interview another time. I know I re-aired it already once before, but I think I want to re-air it again simply because of the support that the Kish relationship has shown in the public eye. So I definitely want to air that again simply for that fact. If anybody is listening to this show tonight, can anybody please tell me, did that rally outside of Good Morning America happen today? Because I thought it did, but people are telling me that did not take effect. So... If anybody can just email me at natalie at buzzwittyradio.net or just send me a message on Twitter at buzzwittyradio, I would love to know what went down, if this did happen, and if it did, did any of you attend, and what happened when you were there. I would love to know about it. So, I didn't even know this was supposed to take place today until I actually saw it on Good Morning America's Twitter. It sounds like it did, but I'm still unsure. So I definitely would love to hear some feedback to find out for sure if this happened or if this took place or if it's going to take place or anything of the sort. So, yeah, please, drop me a line. Let me know. I would love to hear about it. But I don't know. And also, I'm actually getting an IM from somebody where he said that they're still stunned about Drew Garrett's uh, firing from the show and he was replaced by somebody else. And... I thought they found a really good actor to play this part. Now, I was a Drew Garrett fan, and I did retweet on Twitter that they have a Team Drew Garrett support uh, Twitter on the site. 
and I was by far a fan of this character. And, you know, of course, Internet rumors are bound right now that he was basically pulling a Lindsay Lohan on set, whatever that's supposed to mean. And pretty much, I take a lot of stuff with a grain of salt. I do. As far as rumors being bound on the Internet is concerned. Unless, of course, you know, it's done by a publication and they actually say what what seriously went down behind the scene. I'm not going to take it with a grain of salt that he was acting like a Lindsay Lohan on set. I, I am going to take it with a grain of salt. Excuse me. I am taking it with a grain of salt that he was like that. How do you know? What proof do you have? Do you have proof that that's how he was acting? No, you don't. So, seriously, everybody that starts stuff online, I, you really got to look at it and go, like, and you got to be sensible and go, did this really happen? Is this something that they're actually making up? Is this something that we can actually rely on? Because if this is just another poster, you don't know for sure what the real deal is. And you won't know what the real deal is. You can even say that you won't know the real deal even when uh, the interviews come out in the magazines. You don't. Everybody is entitled to their own opinion. Everybody is entitled to how they feel about it. But in, in spite of that, I wish Drew Garrett well. I liked him in this part. But I'm very upset that they had decided on recasting the role or recasting the role of Michael Corinthos. But we'll see exactly where this takes him. Hopefully, he will land in wonderful places outside of the daytime arena. If not another set in the daytime arena, if not bigger and better and badder things, you know what I'm saying? So I really hope that. He gets that foot in the door. I really do. I really do. I, 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 I never wish anybody out of a job. I never wish anyone to be out of a job, especially right now in this economy. I don't want anybody to be out of a job. Be glad that you have a job. Be thankful and grateful that you have a job. And I'm sorry to see him out of one. But I do hope that he lands on his feet. And I know that he has a lot of support from a lot of people from General Hospital, like Ingo and Nancy Negron, Steve Burton, and Dirk Sheetwood, showing the support, saying that he will land places. And I really hope that he does as well. I really do. Another thing I do want to mention, since we were talking about the the Kish uh, phenomena on From a Life to Live, I actually wanted to bring that back up again because I was on the phone talking earlier with a comic of mine, Joanne, who hosts Stardust Radio here on the same network. We were actually talking about this earlier. What happened was, as I had mentioned, there was supposed to be a rally outside of Good Morning America today. And again, I have no idea if this went down or not, but a lot of people are in a severe uproar that these characters are now leaving the show. Uh, and I have to admit, I am a fan of Kish. I am. I'm not going to deny that. And uh, I really am a fan of Kish. Um, they did a really good storyline, especially for daytime. Especially for daytime. In order for two of the same sex to have a love scene that broke the mold for daytime television. It really did. And I was I was very happy to see that it went the mark, that it went the mark. And now, and now their their characters are 
they ran out of course. I'm trying to find the right words here because it does, doesn't make sense to me. The characters have run their course. Seriously? How is that possible? How do the characters run their course? You could have more potential storyline for them, especially with the baby. Especially with the baby. There could have been a lot of material that they could have worked on. And, of course, they're saying that, you know, that they're still going to be in town, so there is the possibility of them recurring, and we could still see them from time to time. But seriously, do you honestly think, any of the fans that are listening right now, do you guys honestly think that after how this went down when those characters were released, that they want to come back? Case in point, Scott Evans had to find out on Twitter that they were releasing these characters and these actors. He had to find out on Twitter? Twitter? No. See, that, that's terrible to find out from complete and total strangers tweeting about it on Twitter than from his own colleagues that he works with. Are you kidding me? That had to hurt. That had to be a, somewhere a, a low below the belt. Somewhere. Because I seriously would not have been able to keep a good straight face if I had to find out on Twitter instead of the people who I worked with. You know what I mean? I, I, I just wouldn't have been able to handle that. Maybe that's just me, but I honestly don't think that I would have been able to muster that up. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. They have a lot of more clout and a lot of more stamina than I do in order to deal with that. Because I'm definitely not the one. And also, what if they were to bring them back and they weren't set on returning? They decided to just give the brush off. Screw you. I don't want to come back here after how you treated me. Then there goes the issues of them wanting to recast, and that's just going to make the fans even angrier. I, it's just, uh, you know, it, it, it is stressful on all fronts. I understand exactly where the fans are coming from. I, have, I even understand where the actors are coming from. It's definitely, it's definitely, it's definitely a trying time. I don't know what's going on on One Life to Live at, the point, at this point because I'm hearing so much stuff about this show behind the scenes. It's unreal. Unreal. I feel so bad of what's going on. Of course, with the rumors of Florencia Lozano, even though I'm hearing that she's been put on contract, she's not going anywhere. But still, what does that mean? Just because you've been put on contract, that doesn't mean anything. People can be, people are put on contract all the time, and then they're all of a sudden they're released. No one's safe anywhere on any daytime drama anywhere. So really, you can't. You can't rely on a contract that they're staying foot. But I really don't know. And I know a lot of people are right now asking, what is the deal with going on behind the scenes? Being, hearing about Scott Clifton getting fired, I was I was upset that he was released too. Great guy. Had a chance to talk to him on the show a few months ago. And I know he's going to be making an appearance on Joanne's show, Stardish in a few weeks to talk about that. 
So I don't know exactly when that's going to take place, but once I find out, I will let you know. I will tweet it on, on my Twitter. But wasn't that something? That just blew my mind that he was released from the show. Of course, he wasn't supposed to say anything, but, you know, of course, the, the rag leaked it on Twitter. That's the power of Twitter, everybody. It gets leaked out there before it's really supposed to in, like, a matter of minutes. But, you know, I feel really, really bad for all these actors that are getting released. Hopefully he lands back at General Hospital. I would love that to see him back on there as villain or wherever else he may land up. He's a great actor, very, very much liked by a lot of the fans. And I am sure he is still going on Rock the Soap, which is in two weeks, two weeks from today, Rock the Soap. I believe he is still going on that. Show your support for him, for all those that are going. Show your support for Scott Clifton. Show your support. But we finally got our Michael O'Leary podcast uploaded. Now, we're going to play this for you. Mind you, when we were doing this, he was in his li- he was in the limo getting ready to go to the Guiding Light event in Connecticut for the So Long Springfield event. We had a nice little uh, party, so to speak. And the first thing you'll hear him say is how he got the booze. He already got the booze for the car. It was very uh, it was very fun. Let's put it that way. I wasn't there, but I pretty much enjoyed the ride with them. And I think you will, too. So here it is. Here's an interview that we did with Michael O'Leary back in the beginning of this month right now. Take a listen. Did a liquor store and picked up enough booze to uh, take care of the United States Army on furlough. You, so. You're going to get wasted. <laughs> well, you know what? There's nothing like having a fresh margarita with key lime juice and um, Patron and uh, Lufantro mixed vigorously with a uh, glass uh, rimmed with salt and do it one of uh, the three afternoon. You realize that after we get done this interview, I'm going to have to go to the liquor store and get some of that stuff now? Now that you just well, listen. It's all listen. It's all about word of mouth and spreading the word. Um, <laughs> you've got to drink. Uh, it's Friday. Uh, it's time just to get. I don't know. Personally, what's missing here is the fresh table guacamole that's made at your table, which you're not yeah. going to be able to do it. In the in the uh, car. Here, you know what? Let me sit down here and get comfortable. Um, um, so I'm glad I planted that thing. Yes. No. Remember that, folks. Remember that, folks. If you ever, if you ever are in the mood for any kind of liquor, get get whatever it was Michael or Larry said. I'm exactly. just I'm just gonna go ahead and stick with my margarita mix. But uh, you go. Yes. That's exactly it. It, it, and pretty much what you're doing right now is not far off of your character on Steamboat because all I do is see him eat. I mean, yes. he's a man after my own heart. All he does is yes. eat. He, uh, it's all about the brownie diet. And don't forget, um, ladies and gentlemen, it's all about the, the brownie bars, the power bars. The six power bars are It's very important. It's all part of the diet. And you've got to spread the power bars uh, every hour. And every hour? Cannot, 
Well, the power bars. You have the breakfast brownie, the lunch brownie, and the dinner brownie, and then you have six power bars. And part of the success of this diet, as you can see from the show, is you cannot drink any liquor before 9.30 in the morning. <laughs> okay. i got to remember so, this. So it's, it's yeah. brownie bars, morning, lunch, and dinner. And right. in between those is power bars. Six, you got power bars. You have to have the power bars one hour between um, every hour on the hour. You cannot drink on this diet before 9.30 in the morning. There you go. You can't drink uh, any any liquid, yeah, or is right. it just liquor? Or uh, yeah, you can't drink any liquor after 9:30. Uh, Seglina, as it's kind of a, a hybrid wine, hard liquor diet. So after four o'clock, um, uh, tequila, vodka, rum, all of that is fine. Uh, it actually helps the brownie um, digest better. Um, now, you, now you've seen the the show, and, and obviously. What you're seeing there is again, it's water weight. It's not, uh, it's not fat. Oh, And I may look like I've, on my fifth uh, trimester, uh, I'm about to, to, to get birth there, but it's all water weight. Okay. Because I, I, I watched episode three, and all I saw was your shirt a little bit like peeking out, a little bit blood open, like after you just ate Thanksgiving turkey. And it's just like just just bust, busting out of the shirt. I said, "There should be an ooh. If there's not an ooh there, then I'm not accomplishing, you know, my goal." So all I saw. Little, that is all I yeah. saw. That's all I related it to was just yeah. you. You just basically ate a big fat turkey, and it's just just. We're gonna make a road trip. Yeah. This is the way to make a road there trip. Is there? Uh, grosser than the naval area of a man uh, after that gut's hanging out. Like your uncle Charlie visiting from Iowa City, and he just uh, you know went through the. Uh, Wine like seven or eight times, and he's sitting wine. there you know what? on the couch waiting for his blueberry cobbler, and with that gut That's hanging out of his stomach. So, <laughs> I just, just kind of wanted to recreate that whole moment. Oh my goodness! And I, I don't, I don't know how you're able to come up with all these lines that everybody's speaking, especially with Michael Park. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm I feel so sorry for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My heart goes out to you, especially with this yeah, last yeah. one. He just most- basically just said he. I want to hit it. Uh, yes. that a good no, yeah. God, it's, we're, Michael Park and I are having a ball, man. So, you know, I, I, part of what I, I would be excited about is writing a, you know, creating this, this buddy uh, um, piece angle of two middle-aged guys on a, on a soap opera. And, uh, Trying so. to recapture their youth. Exactly. Perfect. Yeah, exactly yeah, he says, you know, I'm 41, but I look like I'm 37. Yeah. Here, you need something to watch that time. That's funny. Are you gonna Are you gonna wind up having your characters try to wear leather pants and try to get like Porsches and stuff? Yeah, I mean, it's a, a little bit of a hybrid of um, entourage, but it's just these two middle-aged guys who are in a, a business that find them disposable. And uh, I don't know what happened in the end of episode three today, but um, Dirk and, and Michael are on the chopping block to get fired. But luckily, something wonderful happens uh, in the next episode that prevents them from getting fired. So. Oh yeah. yeah. And there's, okay, there's, there's, there's some there's some gunshots. So there's some gunshots. Yeah. Somebody ends up getting shot. So. Uh oh. Yeah. Intense. 
Now, who came up with this? Uh, who came up with the concept of the show? Was it, was it all you, or was it a collaboration between you and Scott Bryce, or was it? Uh, I came up with this um, about two, three years ago. I was really wrote a, um, a, a movie and then changed it to a 30-minute sitcom um, about five months ago, almost a year ago. And I just thought this would be a really funny, it's never, sort of a best-in-show, mighty-wind version of a soap opera with idea of this camera crew calling the soap from behind the scenes and like the office. And, um, but I just, I just know anybody, when you have a creative idea and when you have a script, you say, well, who, who can actually get this done? And oh, what is it done? We want to try what you want. Uh, the right or just calling favors. And, and then I thought of Scott Rice. Well, Scott, you know, works in that turn. He understands the whole soap opera thing. He's worked on, you know, for 25 years. And then he's also simultaneously been up in, um, Palace, the Palace producing documentaries and movies. And so uh, those are all liquor bottles you're hearing in the background, by the way. We're, we're in the limousine. I, I heard it. I heard yeah. I know. I know my liquor, man. Yeah, I or, uh, yeah that, that was the tequila bottle bumping into the vodka bottle. So, anyway. You're uh, going so to be not, you're going to be wasted before this trip is over for you in that in that limo. I mean, you're pretty much going to be gone. <laughs> well, I, again, it's part of the diet, and I cannot drink until after two fifteen. Oh, um, that's true. What time is it? Uh, right now it's two oh nine. Okay, I have six minutes to detox, and then we will. Uh, We'll pick up with the, the, the brown. Actually, it's power, it's power bar time. I had my brownie about an hour ago. But I, I sat down with Scott and, and pitched him the idea, and he loved it. And so he says, let's get it done. Um, and I called all the actors. The actors all said yes. Um, and then we just, we just did it. Who else would you like to see on, on, on Steamboat? Because I know everybody's asking for Grant now to come on. Yeah. You know, I mean, would you? I mean, who else would you want to incorporate in this um, besides besides Grant? Um, well, you know what? The thing about as we'll turn to guy, like there's so many funny actors. You can go right through the whole cast, the whole cast, and there's just a lot of funny uh, people that are, have very good abilities. Um, I I would love to have Grant. Um, I'd love to have Ron Reigns come in and play Otto's life partner, kind of like a washed up music director. Um, that, that um, you know, uh, directs uh, uh, Dirk and Michael and, and his, his new musical called Three Men in a Boat. And so, um, March Doucet, as, as Dirk's mother, comes in and has got a crush on Michael to try to get on him. You know, so, yeah. But we have a great cast right now, and so I, I think our short-term goal, obviously, is just to get somebody to keep this 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 boat afloat as they say. Uh, sponsor us. Yeah. And, uh, that's kind of what we're looking at right now. Um, Spending our times just trying to find uh sponsors, people on the ca- cable and uh, um, so we're actively trying to shop the show around and and uh and feel like right now based on the response people are really liking it. I think that's people a lot that's a lot of what I'm hearing about the web series is like you know they're trying to shop for sponsors and everything like that, trying to yeah. find yeah. many many different outlets so that it can uh, 
I mean, you know, I love I love Crystal Chappell to death, and uh, you know what she's doing with Venice and all that other stuff. And of course, you know, they had Hello. with uh, everybody paying, and uh, you know, yeah. you you know, you it, well, it, it, it's really difficult all around for that kind of thing. So fast, I did not hear. Yeah. Sorry. So you know, we want to keep it. We don't want people to pay. We want to keep it free, and then oh yeah, you know, have, you. I was, I was talking to um, have somebody else come in and, and, and help keep this thing going and. You know, we've got, we got to get 10,000 hits on the I, I, I hear that we're like the nine or number eight in the country for most downloaded comedy. I did hear that. Yeah, I heard that. And that's in two weeks. No, because so I didn't know we're, we're, we're hoping that, you know, based on the formula, that people want to laugh and have a good time and look for satire. We're, we're hoping that that will make us um, and we have where you know the, the whole lack team girl thing is really uh, people really like that idea. Uh, <laughs> this this kind of airhead girl that comes in and, and pushes the lack team product and it's, it's everywhere you look. Uh, so we make that kind of part of the story too. So you know what, what's exciting about it, and you know whether or not it this all comes to fruition or happens. We like this. I've always had the idea of taking uh, a, a, a product, making it part of the story. Okay. Um, okay, but 9:30 is We have we have so many people blogging us and, and repeating the lacking line. It's it's not good. It's milky. And it's silly, but it's sticking in people's heads. You know, in the lab. You haven't had anybody say, is lactine a real product yet, have you? No. No, lactine is a fictional product. But we tried to get into the bar, and then they said anyone. You got three minutes. You got three minutes before you can go ahead and do your liquid diet thing. You got three minutes. Three minutes for what? I think you um, got three minutes before you can go ahead and start drinking liquor. Yes, yes, I know. It's, it's, it's very. Uh, I gotta get. No, there's no I, I got I gotta get the vodka cranberry juice ready. What do you want? Vodka cranberry. Vodka cranberry juice. Thank you. Got this right before you eat. What are my rules? Oh, that that settles it. I, I do have to go to the liquor store. <laughs> there's like no way I'm gonna survive without going to the liquor store now. It's 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 inevitable. <laughs> well, Angel, where do you live? I'm in Jersey. I'm in Jersey. Where about in Jersey? I'm in South Jersey. Uh, oh, okay. my goodness. I'm about to put myself out there. Just please don't find me. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, Unless you were going to pick me up in the limo and then I'll just drink with you. But that's different. But, uh, right, exactly. Yes, 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 yes. But that's where, that's where I am, born and raised. And, uh. That's the history. The rest is history. Yeah. And um, I gotta, I gotta ask this question. Uh, I know mm-hmm. you might, you might chuckle a little bit in your head, but was there uh, with Steamboat? <laughs> this comment was posed to me, and I said, you know what? That's a good question to ask. Okay. Um, did uh, was there any influences of of uh, of uh, a certain show that you were on? That kind of help fuel Steamboat a little bit, <laughs> as in uh, behind yeah. the scenes kind of stuff that you have seen within the last two years. Well, one of the things being an Irish guy, 
people will tell you is I take a story, I take a, a, a kernel of something, and then exaggerate it ten times. So when I tell stories, it's always a kernel of truth, and then I exaggerate it and have, have fun with it. So, you know, what you're seeing, I don't think there's anybody on this show. I'm going through the characters here. Um... Like, you know, nobody exists like Tabitha, who's a bipolar, crazy woman who beats up her leading men. Um, there's nobody like um, uh, Daniel St. John, who is peddling his facial products um, that I know of. Um, with him and his character, um, you know, we have plenty of female executive producers. She doesn't uh, resemble, you know, any anybody. Uh, Otto um, is a mix of a couple people that actually existed, um, and then and then Dirk Dirk does Dirk is a mix of two or three different people, um, but the actual circumstances themselves, you know, um, I, I think the the uh, the product integration when you can see the Slack team is kind of is, is a little bit uh, there's a kernel of truth attached to that, you know, as we you know, we'd have to deal with a product in the middle of the scene. I had to deal with an alligator that talked to me during the scene while some kids dying in my operating room, which happened a lot, by the way. A lot of my alligator. Yeah. So I, I, from the tell. So I had an alligator, like, you know, his eyes moving, and I'm talking to little Jimmy that he's got three, three weeks to live, and this alligator talking to me. So that kind of drove me nuts. Um, so... Um, Where am I going? Oh, wait. Um, I don't know what's yeah, worse, an alligator or uh, how another world ended with a gorilla. Uh, that's all I can think about, an alligator. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, whether it's an alligator or it's tied or, you know, uh, some some deodorant or whatever it is, you know, we had everything on the show there towards the end. And uh, I think it was a way of trying to keep the show in monetize things as much as you can. And, and, uh, so, if I lose you, my phone is starting to beep on me, so if I just go bye-bye, it's because my, my battery's dying on me. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, I, I, that, that's good you told me, because I was like, oh, my God, did, did you just click, hang up? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So if I just disappear, my phone... Where? I'll run out there. Where am I going? Twenty-first. Um, okay. Where is this? Uh, uh, repeat again. Where is this event that you're going to? Uh, what is this, this event? This is the Mohe- Mohegan Sun. It's the Long Springfield event. That's the Mohegan Sun. We we get up tonight. Um, Sunday. Sunday is the all day event. With the oh, fans. okay. The so long uh, Springfield. So long Springfield. You're right. Okay. Yeah. And so Tomorrow Grand Alexander Beth- in the morning, right? Yeah. Okay. Right. Grand Alexander, Beth Chamberlain, Kim Zimmer, Marcy Ryan. Um, Robert Newman. Um, uh, oh, and yes, you said Marcy Ryland. Congratulations, yeah. by the way, Marcy, of your not, role on Young and the Restless. I'm just shouting that out there. Right. Um, you broke out that actually this morning that um, she will be um, on the Young and the Restless as Abby Carlton now. So I just wanted to make sure I put that out there um, now that you had mentioned that. So, yes, I think that's amazing. And, and I'm looking, as we speak, I'm looking at Marcy in the stretch limit where I'm with her beautiful uh, 13-week-old little boy. And Marcy looks oh. fabulous. Um, she's, um, I've got a chance to visit her, but she's very excited. Oh, oh yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing her back yeah. on, on on daytime. I'm, I'm proud of her. So um, 
Absolutely, man. That, that definitely yeah. wanted to uh, bring that out there. How many more episodes of uh, Steamboat do we have? Um, we have um, this one. Um, I didn't see the one that aired today. Did you, um, we have one. To, we have two more episodes left. Um, and so the clock is ticking, and we're just, as we say, we're trying to get as many boots on the ground. We're trying to do everything we can to sell it. And, um, we have a very um, big meeting next week, um, which I can't discuss. But uh, there, are pe- there are people, there are people in the industry watching, and somebody from the industry did see it. And so we're, we're, you know, pursuing that. Uh, we're pursuing that right now. And uh, so we've we've had inquiries. People aren't people are cruising YouTube. They're all watching for content, and they they're looking for stuff. And then. I think as a new producer, the education for me is, you know, where do you go and who do you talk to? And so that's, you know, right. a challenge. Right. I mean, even with all of the possibilities of the Internet looking for content, um, you would think that a show like Steamboat would be a perfect fit. Um, but I think um, I can share with your, the audience here that I heard from uh, somebody from a brand manager for, I can't mention with corporation, but they essentially asserted that you need 1.5 million clicks per day for them to uh, put money behind a website. 1.5 million clicks a day? And I am thinking, well, that's... Hold on one second. Um, I'm thinking, well, that's, that supersedes even the, the oh, network okay. audience. I'm saying, that, what is that? What? Are you kidding me? How are you going to be able to get like that, that kind of uh, a day? How many of those kind of clicks a day? 1.5 million before you, you're, you're, you get, you know, some advertiser messages. Thank you. So, anyway, that was just somebody who works with one of these um, large corporations that got back to me yesterday and said, that's the deal. So, um, but we're we're, we're, keep, we're, we're we're continuing to pursue. Yeah, I brought it. We think Canteen would be a perfect, uh, you know, since we're, you know, it's a lactine girl. I, you know, people, you know, the women are really responding to this whole lactine thing, and um, they really are. They want to be the new lactine girl, and uh, so there's all kinds of marketing uh, ideas that we have and. So like anything else with Crystal Chappelle and Martha Byrne, and we're all out there trying to sell this thing. It's, yeah. it's really, it's really, you know, um, uh, you're optimistic, but you're also pragmatic in the sense that you know that you have a certain amount of time to to get the word out there and you know make it go viral and let as many people know about it as possible. Um, I, I don't think 1.5 million is is the. I, I think that if you can get you know, fifty, hundred thousand eyeballs on it. I, I think that you can go to somebody and, and get uh, maybe a Chevrolet or somebody to, to um, you know, to, to look at it in a, in a new way. This is a new way of advertising. We we really think we have something here with this product integration. And and as people see the next two episodes, um, I think people. I, I think the, the the guy, the people from uh, our audience from Apple Terms and Guiding Light have really responded. This is what they've wanted to see all along. They wanted to see their actors um, funny. And, and, and this is a funny, funny group of people. And I think the thing that's missing from daytime is, you know, you have, you have romance, you have melodrama, you have all of that, 
but people also want to laugh, especially in today's economy and things are going on in the world. People want to laugh. It doesn't have to be ha-ha funny, slapstick funny, but, you know, you integrate a storyline that has some humor and make, and make that part of the entertainment body. Like, uh, we all want... We all want daytime to survive and keep going on and um, and, and get through this difficult period. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we all want that. So um, everybody's trying to think of how, you know, what, what's the best way of keeping this thing going. And I think the thing that daytime has right now is, you know, there's, there's very few scripted programs now, and everything's reality, game shows, but somehow shows like Young and Restless and Days Are Alive and all my children and one life to live, if they can get through these next couple of years and still be viable, then maybe they could, you know, it's really a survival concept. It's how can we get through these next two years and, and, and keep the marketing dollars and, and hold on to the audience? So, and, I, and, and my point being, in a roundabout way, is I think comedy and humor is a way of adding that as part of the entertainment side. And, and because I think that's what people want to see now. They want to laugh. There's so much bad news out there right now. I think people want to just have something frivolous and fun like Steamboat. Uh, we were actually just I was actually talking to somebody about this uh, last night, you know, with everything that has been happening, and not just in the daytime, but everywhere around the world with the uh, Haiti disaster, the Chile disaster, all the suicides yeah. that have been happening. Um, you pretty much, all you're doing is you're pretty much, you're pretty much well, all the time uh, by, by reading I mean, and listening to that stuff. I, I stopped reading the newspaper. I used to be an information junkie and read the newspapers every day, but I stopped doing that because I think for the audience out there listening, there's only so much bad news you can take, you know, and when I see these, 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 these young, these children in Haiti who are now, you know, without homes and don't have families and this thing in Chile, you know, you, you keep, or you're inundated with this bad news. And I, I've always felt, I, I end my day, every day I watch Kirby and Beauty I want, to, I want to end my day with a laugh, and that's what I do. I don't watch any news. I, I you know, run 10 o'clock, I turn on Kirby Enthusiasm, and I end my day with a laugh. And so, um, I think that's why, you know, if I look at the posts from people on the Steamboat, they find it hilarious, but I think it's, it's, it's a nice diver, a diversion to see all these people that they've watched over the years and get a chance to watch them be fun and have fun. And, and it's not, we're not talking about rocket scientists here. You know? I mean, I, I have Chevy Chase type of sensibilities. I like broad humor and, and um, silly humor. And so, you know, that's what we're trying to do with this. And you know, there's lots of stories to be told. We just know that, you know, we've got some work ahead of us here to, to get um, this the soul and, and so forth, but we are getting people in the industry, you know, who are responding to it, and we're just hoping that, you know, in the next two weeks that something happens. I think that's a, definitely a step in the right direction, especially if people are in the industry, are looking, and one of the major, major comments, like you just said, that everybody's been saying, like, they had no idea that the actors could do comedy and once they right. see that then it, they, they relate to them on a whole new level now and especially for me because you know I had I mean with, with you and Michael Parker I mean I've seen you guys um, have a comedic side but I've never seen that with anybody else like with Kim or Justin or, or, or Beth and it, it's just it's a different it's fresh it's a different face so I think right, I think right. that's why a lot of people respond to, to the whole comedy thing on it now 
And, right. And Michael Park is Michael Park is freaking hysterical. And and um, you know the, the, our last episode, I guarantee the last thing that we have is off the charts funny. And um, and so one of the wonderful surprises, never acted, I've never acted with Michael Park before. Um, you know, like a couple people you know, said, you know, couldn't do this. His part, or said I said no to it, and then I thought of Michael Park because Michael read this part three years ago, and I thought God, he's funny. I'll, I'll, I'll have him, and, and so once we got on the set, I go, holy crap! And, you know, we got great chemistry. It's that kind of chemistry I had with Grant, and uh, he's just a, a funny, funny guy. So um, I'm ex- you know, that 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 kind of experience that we had when we shot this and having so much fun is what is what making me really I can't wait to write the next we've already got the stories we're ready to go now we just gotta find a way on paper everybody because everybody everybody did this for practically nothing how is it how is it is it hard to keep your composure when you're doing your scenes opposite Michael Park all the time or into himself, and I'm not trying to say he's doing What's well. that? How, is, it, is it difficult to keep your composure when you're doing the scenes with Michael Park? On yeah, the show? I mean, if people watch the last scene that we did, they cut off really early because Michael laughs at me and I laugh at him. Uh, so it's hard for us to keep a straight face. Um, so that, it's very hard because we had to do stuff over and over again because when Michael looks at me, he starts laughing. And... Um, um, so yeah, that, that's a challenge for Michael and I to keep a straight face. Um, our, our last scene together, you know, we're, the whole the whole show is built around this barbecue idea that you know we're kissing ass and we're trying to get people to come to our barbecue and never ends up going to Daniel St. John's barbecue for months because he's got Bon Jovi and he's got all these stuff. So. Um, yeah, that I'm wondering if I should give the story away or not. You know, I won't give the story away. But don't give too much away. You can't give too much away. Don't give it away. Yeah, what's that? I said, don't, if you can't give anything away or too much away, uh, don't give it away. Okay, yeah, I can't give the idea, the story away. But, but Michael makes a decision about what he wants to do. And um, we had to do it over three or four times. And uh, so I, I, I gotta tell you, I'm so excited about this show and so excited about the cast. They're so funny, and nothing would make me happier to have this extension of guiding light continue in a comedic form. Yeah, and that's what that's what we're all hoping for. And I would love actors from Madison will turn to come on board because there's there's there are a ton of actors on the show that are hysterical. Absolutely, and you know they don't want to see they don't want to see it go away in any kind of capacity. You know when the news broke out about Madison will turn, blah blah, and guiding light getting canceled, they don't want to see this. Go away and to see you know some of their favorite actors, right? And and I and I want to say this too. I I would say that we don't want uh, uh, actors in general don't want to make the networks the arbiter of our employment. You know, we want to look at the internet cable as these new ways of, of getting our ideas out there. And um, if you're relying on the network to you know, kind of green light something. 
you're going to wait till Hellfreeze is over. So I, I wouldn't want this project to be on the network. I'd rather be on cable or the internet because of, cause I, I don't think it would, it would last very long. I don't think it would give a chance to, 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 to have, give it some legs. And that's the advantage of the internet is if, if you can find banner advertising or somebody just to give it some legs, then we can develop our stories and we can get a bigger following. And that's why we decided to go the YouTube Facebook route is that we knew it would give us the opportunity to, to um, develop our ideas and get it out there. I think, I think like if it were on the network, you wouldn't have too much of the free reign that you have with it now. I think like if you did it, yeah. Did it on the network, you would pretty much have to cut lots of things out of the show that you want to do that now you can't right. do. I think if you did right. it on the internet or on cable, you would still be able to. I don't know if they would have kept the team with Michael Park bent over, uh, and me bent over a, a chair with the handcuffs on. Um, you know, that's, or Michael Park dancing or, or doing karate stuff in his boxer shorts. Right. Yeah. And again, when I live with you, which I will probably next five minutes, my battery dies, so I just wanted to give you a heads up. Absolutely. Uh, no, but we're all having a good time, and, and um, you know, it's 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 been, you know, uh, overwhelming to get the response that we have, and I was driving around um, doing some stuff for Steamboat, and I got a phone call about a possible uh, nice opportunity for the show. And and so, you know, all you can hope for in your own creative end is a little bit of hope to keep you going. And that's, we're, we're getting it. And so we're just trying to keep that, that positive feeling going right now. I think, you're doing a, I think you're doing a fantastic job. The fan response has been great. Everybody is enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. And, you know, I, I, I hope we get to see it for a, a second season. Yeah, we do, too. We do, too. We, um, we're, uh, all I can tell you is every day when we wake up, we're, and then we have a tremendous amount of people who have stepped up, you know, with something like this, you need a lot of boots on the ground. And we've had a lot of fans who've come up and said, what can I do to help? And we deeply appreciate those people. And we and then the fans who have helped us go viral by sending the the, the, the website address around. Um, and that's that's the other thing that we you know, we deeply appreciate. So everybody all the you know, our audience right now wants us to succeed. They're letting all their friends know it. And, and this is the other unexpected thing. The, as I said before, I probably I'm repeating myself, but the kids love the show. So, you know, uh, I, I showed this to my daughters. I feel comfortable with my daughters seeing it. They think it's hysterical. So we look at somebody like, say, Nickelodeon or uh, something like that, and we hope that um, uh, that we think that would be perfect place for it, Comedy Central, Nickelodeon, um, something like that. Um, so if, you have, if anybody listening to this um, has children, pass it, on to their, pass it on to their kids. Let your kids watch it. And have their kids you know, send out the information to their to their friends. She married? I never really I never really considered it to you know a kid would enjoy the show like no but, no we, we didn't but what we realized is that all the actors and the editors and people they, they, their kids watch it over and over again. My daughter had a sleepover with eight kids and they watched it over and over and over again. They laughed and laughed and laughed. I kind of thinking, well, what is it? You know, it's maybe like a uh, sort of a, I don't know. Uh, I don't know either. 
know. Well, uh, you know, maybe they just like watching adults humiliate themselves. Maybe that's it. That could be it. I never There's really know. We only have one young female. We have uh, Candy, who's in her you know early twenties. But the rest of us, you know, a bunch of middle-aged folks making fools of themselves. Um, and they can't, they really love that. They love they love the opening credits. They love Otto. They love Michael Park, and they like. Um, uh, candy and they love the goofiness of it too. Yeah. So I, I made this, by the way. I, I try to make this as 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 clean as possible um, because I do think <clears throat> I thought of a couple things in it. I do think you could make I think you could make satire and, and humor and not not be really overly provocative and and nasty and um. um Inappropriate, and everybody else says, "Well, you got to do this and do that to get you know people to watch it." So I, I kind of made this not with the idea of young people watching, but I thought, you know, my my goal was to try to make it as fun as fun as possible with making it not as as dirty or skanky or you know that. Right. So uh, as a result of that, unexpectedly, kids are like flipping out over the show, and so we're trying to channel that. Um, that audience, and uh, you know, into the to the website, they can watch. All right, that was our interview with Michael O'Leary. As you heard, that his cell phone did cut out uh, during during the interview, so we were able to fade it out a little bit. So that way, we gave you a little taste. And hopefully he will be back on the show. I have no doubts about that. So we will be getting him for a return visit to the show. Again, let's do a little couple of updates of who's going to be coming on the show next. I did forget one, so I'm going to make sure I get this in before I sign off. Monday. This coming Monday. March 29th. I had to make sure I got my dates right. March 29th. At 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, we're going to be joined by Victoria Rao. She played the role of Drusilla Barbara Winters. Hello. Hi. How are you doing? Drusilla Barbara Winters on CBS Daytime, The Young and the Restless. She has a new book coming out called Secrets of a Soap Diva. I believe it's supposed to hit the stores in May. So we will be talking to her this coming Monday night. I'm looking forward to seeing all you guys tune in for that one. Also on Wednesday... James Scott, who plays the role of E.J. DeMera on NBC's Days of Our Lives, will be joining us for the very first time on our show, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Wednesday. Then on April 8th, April 8th, at 11.30 a.m. Eastern, 8.30 a.m. Pacific, we're going to be joined by Tiffany, 80s pop star Tiffany, Remember the song, I Think We're Alone Now? That's who I'm talking about, that Tiffany right there. She'll be joining us. She's going to talk about her, her movie that she just did that's supposed to air on Sci-Fi, the original movie, Mega Piranha. We're going to be talking to her about that as well as her getting back into the music scene I recently found out. So we'll be talking shop with her. But for now, we're signing off. I want to thank you guys for tuning in. I want to thank my guests, Michael O'Leary and William Ragsdale. Check out William Ragsdale on FX. Justified, as well as Michael Leary on the original web series Steamboat. For now, I'm Nabil J. Lee signing off, making sure you guys get the latest buzz with Buzzworthy Radio. We'll see you guys next week. Take care.
can't get enough of Buzzworthy Radio. Log on now to www.buzzworthyradio.net to get the latest news on upcoming guests, past shows and videos of all your favorite stars. Keep getting the latest buzz with Buzzworthy.